everyone, and welcome to the Southcliff Podcast. We're glad you're here. Listen now to our surf pastor, Dr. Elliot Higgins. We are together today, uh, continuing in the book of Romans. Now, I brought with me something of interest. This is a compass probably used in the 40s, made of brass, and it is designed really for navigation, especially on the ocean. Now this compass, if you're not familiar with a compass, the needle in it, no matter where you go, it will always come back and be pointing to north, always. So if you're in the ocean and there's no landmarks, street signs, navigation aids that you have, it's a cloudy, overcast sky, you can't see stars, sun or moon, you don't know which way you're going, this compass, the needle will point north. From that, you can get your bearings of where you need to go. People have been doing this for hundreds of years. Can you trust a compass? Can you trust it crossing an ocean? Can you trust it getting out of a desert or a jungle, forest? Many people would say yes. In fact, it's an incredible navigation tool, but here's the simple truth. If you were to take this compass and you were to follow that needle, it's pointing north all the time. If you followed it all the way as far as you could go, across every mountain range, every valley, every glacier, doesn't matter. You kept going until you got to the North Pole that this thing's pointing at. You would never arrive. You would actually be about 300 miles away from the true North Pole. The true North Pole is a geographic location that does not change. Every map that you have is set up with a true north bearing. A compass, however, is pointing at a magnetic north. It is based on whatever's going on inside the, the earth, the core and the mantle, and it's producing a magnetic north that's 300 miles away from true north. If you followed it all the way to where it's pointing, you'd be off course. You wouldn't be at the North Pole. To make matters even more complicated, the North magnetic north changes. Not only is it 300 miles away, almost half the distance of Texas, but over the course of this past year, it's even moved 35 miles. That's the difference between Fort Worth and Dallas. This magnetic compass that you have come to trust in times of darkness is moving and you will never arrive at the true north. You may not have known that, but those who navigate recognize this. They still use this as a tool, but they use a formula called declination. There'll be a quiz afterwards, I promise. But this process of declination, they recognize from where they are and what this is reading, they can make a course correction and know exactly where true north is. And now it matches their map, they know where they are, and it can hit their target every single time. For our purpose here in Fort Worth, we're about three degrees off. So we would adjust our bearing about three degrees. Doesn't sound like much, but if you got on an airplane from DFW Airport and flew to London, you're going to discover that you're landing in either south of France or north Spain. You're about 250 miles off course, three degrees. Now, if you follow this to the nth degree, you will always miss your point, the north, true north. And a little bit makes a lot of difference. 
So what we're going to see in our time together, Paul is writing in Romans chapter 10. Paul is introducing something on a spiritual level similar to what we see with this compass. This compass is always pointing at a magnetic north. It is tremendously helpful in the middle of a place where there are no landmarks. There's no way for you to get your bearings. This thing is always pointing to the magnetic north. And Paul introduces us to something that we're very familiar with that functions just like this magnetic north compass. But he also shows us a true north at the same time. So his purpose is to show us like this. If we follow it all the way to the, the North Pole, we realize it will never arrive. But then he gives us that declination, that change to now we have a true north bearing in our life, spiritually. Now, what does that mean for me? Elliot, this sounds very academic. How does this impact me? You may be here today wanting the wisdom of God for your life. God, I need direction. I have never walked through this problem before. I have never been at this age of my life. I have this decision to make at my workplace and my home and family life. I need your wisdom. I need direction. I need insight. Others are here saying, I want to live my life without wasting a moment of time. I want to be a part of God's plan and his purpose. And I want to experience his strength and his power poured out in my life. Well, to do that, we have to have a true north bearing. Paul sets that out for us. At the beginning of this text, we see him show us this magnetic north spiritually and a true north. And in the middle part of this, he shows us how we come in alignment with it. How we align our life, we live a life of purpose, one of direction, one of wisdom, one of power and confidence. Sounds exciting. And then like the X that marks the treasure at the end of a treasure map, the very end of this text, Paul shows us what living a life with that true north direction looks like. What we can expect from God and how he touches every element of our life for the good. So, turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 10 and let's see these two north poles. Romans 10. Now here's what we're going to do. Everything in Romans is like a heavy boulder. So we're going to split this up into smaller bits rather than read the whole thing at first. So let's start with 1 through 4. Romans 10, 1 through 4. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Now he's speaking about the Jews here. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Look with me back to verse 1. My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. His desire is for them to find true north. 
That's what he's saying. It is not only his desire, but he is praying. It's God's desire too, but he is aligning his will and God's will through prayer impacting this element of their life. I want the Jews and everybody who does not know Jesus, I want them to experience this life of true north, this factor that does not change. And he says, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Being ignorant of the righteousness of God, but seeking to establish their own, they did not establish God's righteousness. It's at this point that he is beginning that two directions. He's showing us the magnetic north and the true north all in this passage. The first part, he is saying that they have a zeal for God, a passion, an excitement, a desire to obey and to follow and honor. There's this this exuberance that's overflowing from their life. He says, I can testify to this. They want to be good people in the eyes of God. That may resonate with many of our lives today. I want to be a good person and I am trying my best to do it. And then it says, but they are trying this not according to knowledge. They're ignorant of this righteousness. And seeking to establish their own, they fail to submit to God's righteousness. There's our true north. The true north here is God's righteousness. The magnetic north is righteousness by their own doing. What that means, and we see in verse 4, they use the word the law. So the magnetic north, like this compass, is the law of God. If you rewind in scripture, you're going to see the Ten Commandments. Do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery. Those are just a few. If you keep reading in scripture, there's a lot more. But this concept of law is like a magnetic north for us. It gives us direction to be sure. If we're in the middle of the Atlantic and it is cloudy and it is dark, there is no landmarks, there is no way for us to know which end is up and which end is down. The magnetic compass allows us to get our bearings no matter what the environment is outside those windows on that ship. But what we can recognize is that the law provides us with direction. God says, this is what you do, this is what you do not do. He is giving us that direction. Now the weakness of the law, and we're going to see it play out, is if you follow it all the way to the end, just like if you followed this compass all the way to the North Pole, you're going to realize you're off course. It will never lead you to the true north because the law has to be fulfilled perfectly. The law is revealing our weaknesses. It does give us direction, but it also points our need for direction that it cannot fulfill and you are unable to fulfill because you are not perfect. You have failed in one way or the other. Welcome to Southcliff. Glad you're here hope it's an encouraging morning for you. But he gives us this point of direction, the law, this righteousness. And so they are trying to achieve righteousness by obeying the law in every way that they can, but they can't fulfill it enough. They may be real close, about three degrees off of that but they're going to end up 300 miles off course. The further you go with this bearing, the farther away you get. And ultimately, this is what Paul is saying, is this true north is Jesus. That number one point that you can write down, Jesus is life's true direction. 
Jesus is life's true direction. They fail to submit to this truth, that righteousness of God, as it says here. And it's saying that in verse 4, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. You cannot become righteous by following the law in the same way that you cannot end up in a North Pole by following a compass. It seems easy enough, but the farther you go, you will realize you will never get there. The righteousness of God only comes through Jesus, period. He is true north. Jesus is life's true direction. He begins this process of declination, as we mentioned before. Navigators have a formula for how you take this reading here and you figure out how you correct for north. Now Paul is beginning to do that for us. He's saying this magnetic north won't take you all the way. It's Christ who does. He is the end of the law for righteousness for all who believe. That concept of belief, it's a theme that continues. This is that process where we jump over from this magnetic north to a true north bearing. Jesus is life's true north. He is life's true direction. And the way that we set our focus here is by believing in faith in him. Nothing else. So we've discovered in this first part, Jesus is life's true direction. And we have this magnetic north and a true north. So now he begins to allow us to course correct. And he kind of argues with himself. It's like putting a pastor in a room and letting him argue theology. Paul is doing this. Well, you may say this, but here's the truth. And so we're going to see him work through this to enlighten us in this direction. And we see in verse 5, he writes, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does these commandments shall live by them. But the righteous based on faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me pause on this next part. We recognize that Jesus is life's true direction. In this section, Paul is bringing us to that true north attitude in our spiritual life. And he begins by saying, Moses writes about righteousness that is based on a law that the person who does the commandment shall live by them. If you're going to follow this magnetic north, you have to do it absolutely perfectly every time. That's the law. You have to be perfect 100% of the time. That's what Moses says, but nobody can do that. The person who is living by faith, that is the person who has set their life's direction on Jesus, will say, in verse 6, the, righteous, the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. What he is saying here is he gives us kind of two sides of a coin. This is important for us to see. He's continuing to prove the point that he just made. But people of God, this is one of Satan's best weapons. 
So it's a worthy mention, even if most of us in the room have said, I have put my faith in Jesus. I understand that he is true north. He doesn't change. If I follow him 100% of the time, I'm there 100% of the time because it's based on him. But what Satan will do is he will try to get us off track and allow us to waste our time and to not obey because we fall back into some form of self-righteousness. Watch what he says here. Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. What he's saying in this point, and it's a caution flag for you and I, is that we cannot lift ourselves up to the position of God or achieve righteousness in God's eyes or be a good person in God's eyes by something we do. You see, he's saying, who can ascend into heaven? In other words, I am a good person. I come to church. I feed my dog. I tithe when I come to church. I, I do all of these good things. I'm a good person. Therefore, I am recommending myself to God. And that is insufficient. That is to bring Christ down. It's impossible. What God has done through Jesus, he lifted him up beyond anything you can do for yourself. So who can, who can ascend into heaven? No one. That is one mistake that many of us make of, I feel like I am right with God because of the things that I do. You couldn't be further from the truth. One who lives on faith that has that true direction knows better. Verse 7, who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. This is the other side of the coin. I am a good person because I have done these things. I am righteous before God because of those. On this side of the coin, however, I am a good person because of what I have sacrificed, what I have put out of my life. That is, I have given up money. I have given up pleasure. I have given up position. I have given these things up in order to recommend myself to God. That is to bring Christ up from the grave. You do not have the capacity to match what God gave up on the cross. His life, death, and resurrection, there is nothing you can give up that anywhere comes close to what he's already done. So we cannot achieve it by the good things we've done, and it, we cannot achieve it by the things that we sacrifice for. It's impossible. Each of these things is like following a magnetic north. No matter how hard you try, no matter how far you go, it's always going to be off course. And he says... What does it say? If you can't do these, the word is near to you in verse 8, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. That is the word of faith from the apostles, the word of faith that they declare out of Scripture, the word of faith that is presented to each of us today out of the Bible. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we recognize, number one, Jesus is life's true direction. But in this section, he is bringing us over to that true north concept. And the way that he does this is he allows us to remember that God does all the hard work for salvation. God does all the hard work. There is no way, no matter how much righteousness that you present, that you will ever equal what Jesus has already done. He is the direction in life. He is the purpose of life. And he has done all the hard work thereof. That allows us to get fully in line that true north only comes through Jesus and his righteousness. 
I enjoy drinking tea. I drink a lot of it during the day. It's one of the greatest pleasures of my life for whatever reason. There could be bigger, more problematic things that I do. But when I put the tea bag in my tea mug, that tea infuses all of the water. That is a symbol of the righteousness of Jesus. The moment that our life is lined up, that faith, that belief, it infuses every aspect of our life and he now becomes the true direction. There is nothing that I can do to clean it up, to clean up my life, to change any of that. It has already been imparted to me through Jesus. All the work has been done. Jesus is the true direction. It does not change and God is doing all the hard work for salvation. He is doing all the hard work for that direction. All we do is cling to it in faith. Seems counterintuitive. Matter of fact, we like doing this true north or the magnetic north. We like this because we can see it. I can see where I'm headed. When I turn this way, I can see. When I follow by the law, I can see things. But this is not by the law. This is faith. And he changes that direction to true north. Jesus is life's true direction. And God does all the hard work for salvation. So how does this impact me? I recognize that when I die, I'm going to stand before God because of Jesus' righteousness. I recognize that God's desire to give me a confident future, that his desires, my life is lined up with a true north. But what about when I walk into the office tomorrow? What about when I go to home and all the drama that may or may not be there? What about all of these life scenarios? How do I navigate that? What does this do today? That's where we come in this final section. Paul paints the picture like that X on a treasure map. This is what happens when our life is lined up with true north. Not only do we not have to cross mountain ranges and valleys and forge rivers that we shouldn't have to do. We don't waste time on those things. We stay focused on God, but there's so much more that God has for every detail of your life. Watch in this final part. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So we recognize here the heart is justified and the mouth is saved. So he's giving us this concept with the heart, the core of who I am, how I think, what I do, the very essence of my nature, when I believe that I am justified. It's nothing that I do. He is giving me something. It is who I am now. I stand justified before God. And then he says, if you confess, you will be saved. One is what you have become justified. The other is what you are saved from. All that stuff in your past. All that's taken care of. So he's lifting our eyes now to what it looks like when we're following the true north that you have become a new person that this is who you are and all that stuff lies behind and here's what happens in the rubber meets the road verse 11 for the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame that word shame is very important not only is this speaking to non-believers, but this is an encouragement to believers. How does this impact me in my daily life? It means that when our life is set and Jesus is life's true direction, when we have true north and God's done the hard work, there is no longer any shame. 
you and I do not have the capacity to turn back time. I don't know what you've done back there. And perhaps you, there is something that you have brought in here with you that you are the only one alive that knows what you have done. There may be only a handful of people and you were so ashamed of that, you would be horrified if I knew and I spoke it from this platform this morning. Satan whispers in your ear, yes, this is you. This is what you have done. The Bible says when life is Jesus in that true north, all of that stuff in our past, God has already dealt with it. There is no more shame. You and I cannot turn back time. We can't wipe it like a chalkboard. We can't erase it. We can't wash it in the washing machine. It's always there from our perspective, but in God's perspective, he's taking care of it. There's no more shame. The way this plays out in our daily life is sometimes we look at this and say, look, I can't obey God here. I know he's calling me to connect to this church. He's calling me to do this, to teach, to plug into a small group. He's calling me to whatever it may be. But look, Elliot, you don't understand what's in my past. You don't understand where I've come from. I don't have to. There is no more shame. It's done. That's what a true north life looks like. It allows us to take like that deep breath at the end of the day and relax. That's what true north in our life looks like. There is no shame. Verse 12, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all. Distinction. There is no shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Well, the Jews, we recognize they know the law. By the time they are 12, they have memorized the first five books of the Bible. Have you done that? I haven't. So if you have, tell me how to do it because it is tough. But they do that and they, they devour God's word. They know it. They have the prophets of God. God has brought salvation through the Jews. And then you have the Greeks. This is everybody outside of the Jewish nation, the Gentiles. We have stumbled across this. God has provided this. But there's no distinction between your level of righteousness and knowledge or position and that before God. The, the ground before the cross is level. Here's what this means for you and I. We often disqualify ourselves from being obedient to God because of who we are. I don't have a seminary degree, Elliot. I can't teach. I can't speak up like this. I haven't even finished high school. How is it that I'm supposed to lead? How is it that I'm supposed to speak? There is something about us. I'm not a great orator. I'm not a very pretty person. People don't like looking at me. I can't sing. I can't do these things as well as this person over here. We compare. But but the Bible is saying there is no distinction. We have a tendency, Satan will remind us and try to put us back on a magnetic north by simply saying, hey, you are not qualified to obey. We see it play out in the lives of believers so frequently when we sit there and say, I need to get a few things in order in my life before I go do this. In other words, I'm not going to obey what God's saying for me to do now until I go obey over here. And now I'm able to recommend myself to him. And now I can go do what he's asked. When God calls, God equips. There is no distinction, whoever you may be. You can follow him regardless of your background. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. 
I am not a gifted communicator enough to paint what the word riches look like. When we think of the riches of God, it is his glory, his holiness, his mercy, his grace, his wisdom, his power, his self-sufficiency, everything about him right here, these riches, all of God, the fullness of God. It says he, his desire is to bestow this on all who call on him. When our life is set on true north, God's heartbeat matches with your heartbeat. His desire is to pour out wisdom on your life, give you direction in those moments that we say, God, I don't know what to do. To give us peace when we are facing heartache and heartbreak, that he is there with us, that he is there to give us a power and a confidence to where we move forward without having to look over our shoulder and we can see God move in our life. This riches is what God's design is for us. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's nothing in our past that hinders us. There's nothing in our future that hinders us. We are one with Jesus, this true north. Number three here. If we know that Jesus is life's true direction. God does all the hard work for our salvation. What's left for us like that X that marks the spot of the treasure is to live in the goodness of God. So oftentimes we get sidetracked trying to present ourselves as righteous that we fail to obey, we fail to relax, we fail to trust in the Lord, and we lean back into our own righteousness and who we are and what we do and what we sacrifice. God brought us together, really I believe there's two reasons. Number one, there may be someone here, maybe even just one, who has been in church and you by all definition are a good person. Everybody in here believes that you have set your compass to true north, but you know in your heart that you haven't. You are still recommending yourself to God, how good you are, how much you've given up, but you have never surrendered to Jesus. And he brought you here to remind you of this truth. The further you go down that path, like following a magnetic compass, you will never arrive where God wants you to be. And today he's called you back on course. And you can join me down front. You don't need me. You just need the Lord. But I would love to pray with you. And we're going to have that opportunity. But the bulk of us in this room, we have put this magnetic north spiritually in our life so many ways. We have failed to connect and obey the Lord. We are struggling in the life circumstances saying, Lord, I need direction. And the Lord simply says, I am true north. Relax and live in my goodness. It isn't about your righteousness. I will move with power in you and I will do it faithfully every single time. Take a deep breath. And focus on me. And today that's what he's calling you to do. And maybe you need to spend a few minutes just praying to him and saying, Lord, you're exactly right. I've gotten off track. And today I'm going to relax and trust and rest in your righteousness. And that's what we have before us today. You do business with God as he has called you to. Everyone at Southcliff Church, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com. 
to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry, send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Your financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.